3,000 people become a church, the first church in existence. How did that happen? Well, it says that they were added. Well, how were they added? Well, they were added by accepting the message and then confessing that message in the waters of baptism. All right, what then did this church do? Well, Jesus had instructed this church to love God, that's worship, to love your neighbor, that's service. He told them to go and, and, and share the gospel with people, the, all the nations, that's evangelism. He taught them to baptize people into the fellowship of the church, another purpose, fellowship. And he also instructed them to continue to teach all the things that he had commanded them. That's ongoing spiritual growth or maturity or discipleship. So wouldn't you know it, these are the things that we see in evidence in this particular first church. Notice this chart, we'll see what I mean. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, probably a reference to communion and to prayer, praising God. What's that? Worship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. All the believers were together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. That's fellowship or community. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, discipleship. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. What's that? Service. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's evangelism. Now, based on this description, here's my definition of a church. It's in your notes. A church is a group of believers in Jesus Christ who are committed to fulfilling God's five purposes for their lives. That's a church. Now, in this particular series, we're going to be considering why you absolutely need the church to fulfill your God-given purposes. All right? We're also going to be considering how City Church helps you to fulfill these purposes. Now, today, I just want to Again, introduce all of this by attempting to answer the two questions that you see in your sermon outline. First of all, why is the church the most important group on earth? Some of you may be thinking it is. Yes, it is. And I want to give you seven reasons as to why that is the case. You might want to write these down. The first reason why the church is the most important group on the planet today is because the church and only the church is called God's family. Now notice these, this verse in Ephesians chapter 2. So now you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Now, of course, we become members of the human family by birth. We become members of God's family by rebirth, spiritual birth, by regeneration. That is where the life of God has been infused within us. So if you've been reborn spiritually by the activity of the Holy Spirit, you are part of God's family. So what is that family? Well, 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us that family is the church of the living God, the support and foundation of the truth. Some of you perhaps were born and raised in areas of our country that are earthquake prone. And you know perhaps more than the rest of us who were not born under those circumstances, 
the importance of having a support and a solid foundation. Because otherwise, when the earthquakes hit, of course, everything crumbles. Well, the same thing can happen in our lives personally. When the earthquakes of relational difficulties hit, and some of you may be there today, problems in your marriage, issues getting along with one or more of your children, financial earthquakes that are hitting you, or maybe it's a health concern. Many of us are struggling these days with the, the aftershocks of an earthquake known as COVID, and it's wearing us out, as were, was mentioned in the prayer this morning. See, this is why we need the church family, and the church is God's family. You can't say that about any other organization on the planet today. It's not true of your business, your schooling, your government, or anything else. Only the church is referred to as God's family. A second reason as to why the church is the most important group on the planet today is because the church is the reason God created the universe. Did you know that? Yeah. God created the universe because he wanted a family. And one reason why there's a, a universe today is so that there would be a place for the family to live. So if he didn't want a family, perhaps none of this would be in existence today. Now look at these verses in Ephesians chapter 1. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Did you know that before God created the universe that he thought about you? He had you in mind. He set his love on you. He chose you in Christ to be his follower. That's how much you matter to God. Okay? And then it goes on to say, God decided to advance to, uh, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So God wanted a family. And that's one reason why God certainly created the universe. That's how important the church is. Now, thirdly, or C on your outline, the church is also God's agent to fulfill his purposes. Notice uh, these verses in Ephesians chapter 3. God's intent, that would be his purpose, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Those are the angels, ranks, orders of angels, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, here's the same verse in a modern paraphrase, which I think helps us to understand what's going on in this passage. The message says it this way. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan or purpose of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. So God's plan involves the church. Think of it. If there's no church, there's no family. If there's no family, there's no universe and, and no plan. That tells you certainly how important the church is. And then the next one, the reason why the church is so important today, another one is because Jesus died for the church. He didn't die for a particular kind of government. He didn't die for a business or for your school, but he died for the church. These verses in Ephesians 5 draw that to our attention. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. 
He died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride in all her beauty. He died so that the church could be pure and without fault. So if we want to know how important something is, one way of determining that is to try to ascertain how much people are willing to pay for that particular item. Well, here it tells us that Jesus so valued the church that he died for the church. Now, that indicates something of its value, doesn't it? Now, it may be argued that the church in the United States today has gotten off track. I think in many ways it has. But in spite of her many imperfections, the church here is referred to as the bride of Christ. Elsewhere, it's referred to as the people of God, or even the temple or the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. So you've got the bride of Christ, the people of God, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, the entire Trinity is committed to the church. That certainly emphasizes our purpose as well. So, instead of writing off the church or minimizing our commitment to the church, what we need to be doing is strengthening our resolve to make the church even healthier than it has ever been. All right, number five or E on your outline, only the church will ultimately win against evil. Matthew 16, Jesus makes this statement. I will build my church and all the powers of hell. You talk about evil and wickedness. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. So Jesus is in the church construction business. He's not building buildings. He's not building a type of government. But he is saying, I'm going to build my church family. Certainly, there are all kinds of failures that the local church, unfortunately, uh, will commit from time to time. And it grieves us, doesn't it? It breaks our hearts whenever we read, for example, of some other church leader who has fallen morally, causing people outside the church or even within the church to begin to question its importance or even its relevance. But this is saying that only the church is going to win that hell itself, all the powers of the demonic world, will not be able to conquer the church. Number six, or F on your outline, only the church is big enough to solve global problems. Now, what kinds of global problems are we talking about? Well, look at this list, and you'll see what I mean. The first one, spiritual emptiness, is the reason why there are all the other problems. Spiritual emptiness. It's been stated that by this time next year, on average, 62 million people around the world will have died. And many of them passing on into eternity without hope because they don't know Jesus. Now that's tragic. Spiritual emptiness. And then the second one is corrupt, unethical, self-serving leaders. Over the past 25 years, our government has contributed more than $500 billion to aid African countries. Many would say that these countries are as bad or even worse off than they were before they were given this money. Now, why is that? Well, primarily because it never ended up in, in the lives of the people who needed it most. A lot of the aid has gone to the mansions of these corrupt, unethical leaders. So we have that issue today. We also have the issue of poverty, where the average person is seeking to live on less than $2 a day. 
In a country like Rwanda, it's 67 cents. Could you live on 67 cents a day? Of course not. There's the problem of disease, many of them, of course, preventable and even curable. Illiteracy. Here we have an online service. We could pull out our smartphones and such, other kinds of devices, and yet half the world today can't read or write. So these problems are so big that nobody has been able to address them adequately. Not the UN, not any multinational organization, not business, education, or technology. Only the church is big enough to solve global problems. There are an estimated 2.2 billion Christ followers in the world. Now it's certainly possible that many of them are only uh, Christians in name. And yet the church is bigger than India and China combined. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. By his mighty power at work within us, God is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or even hope. So if the local church decided to work together with other churches to address these global problems, think of what could begin to happen. Just to give you one idea, in the country of Rwanda, there were only three hospitals in the entire country. So many people couldn't get to the places where they needed medical care because they're just too far away. And so the church decided to work together corporately with other, that is with other congregations, to establish health clinics in church facilities. And there are now 50 of them scattered about the country of Rwanda and they've been so effective that essentially the HIV AIDS issue has pretty much been dealt with because of the activity of Christians working together in these churches. So only the church is big enough really to address this. And friends, we've got the motivation to do it, which is what? Serving others because Christ has served us. Well, here's another reason. Belonging to the church, God's church, is the greatest privilege. The greatest privilege that you could ever confess is to truthfully be able to say, I love Jesus Christ, and he has changed my life, and I am part of his church family. I'm, I'm part of the church. So Peter can put it like this in 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. Here's another verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If you're a Christian, you are part of God's family. That's something, that's a great privilege, isn't it? I mean, what can be greater than, than any of that? Now, in coming weeks, we're going to consider why our church exists and why you need the church and why the church needs you. But today, let's go on to consider, again by introduction, the second question, what are the benefits of being committed to a church family? Well, let me share with you five. First of all, the church family will help me to focus on God. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it easy for you to forget what's really important in life and deal with trivia things and get caught up in problems and issues and discouragements? Of course, all of us are that way. So God, in effect, said, I'm going to establish my church. 
And one of its purposes is going to be to help people to focus on me. And of course, that's what worship is. Worship simply means focusing on God. So what benefits do we get by worshiping along with other believers? Well, let me share with you a couple. First of all, it provides perspective to handle life's pressures. Maybe you come walking in here on a particular Sunday or you're watching the service online and you're in crisis. And all of a sudden, as we're singing a song, there's a phrase that jumps out at you that kind of reminds you, you're not in this alone. God is with you. He's there. He cares for you. His wisdom is available for you. His strength and power are available as well. And all of this comes home to your heart in a way that ministers to you and begins to give you perspective to handle life's pressures. So worship is not about pretending that there aren't difficulties in life. It is about focusing on God for being with you and in the midst of the crisis. I mean, just think about all that you have gone through this past year. Think about the challenges, the disappointments, the discouragements. Can you imagine facing these things without God's forgiveness, without his hope, without his power, without his care and concern? Can you imagine facing all of this stuff if you didn't have him? You see, that's what corporate worship does for us. It brings you back to an awareness that you're not facing these issues alone. And so it motivates you to want to come back on a particular Sunday to lift your voice together with other believers at City Church in order to worship our great and forgiving and faithful God. Worship. Corporate worship provides perspective to handle life's pressures. Another thing it does is to prepare us for life in the world. In other words, Sunday worship prepares us for Monday work, Monday school, Monday parenting, whatever the situation may happen to be. Now, is it possible to worship God without being in a church? Well, of course. And yet there's a power that comes about as we're with other believers in fellowship and in worship. So Martin Luther used to say this, at home, in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. It's a whole lot better when we're together. So one of the great benefits we get from the church is its encouragement to focus on God in worship. Secondly, another benefit, the church family will help me to face life's problems. Somebody has put it this way. You're either in a problem right now, you've just come out of a problem, you're about to enter a problem because life is a series of problems. Well, God never meant for you to go through life facing all of your difficulties and challenges, your doubts, fears, and temptations, by yourself. He wants you to have a church family to support you. That's why we read here in the book of Acts chapter 2 that they devoted themselves to the fellowship, that all who believed were together and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts because the Christian life is not a solo life. We need strength and we get it by being in the company of other believers. So if you don't have contact with other Christians on a regular basis, 
you run the risk of being overwhelmed by this pandemic and by other difficulties that can come your way. You need constant contact with believers to give you the encouragement and the support that you need to keep going. So why not make it a goal for yourself in 2022 that you're going to worship consistently in order to focus on God and you're going to get involved in a ministry for fellowship to help you to face life's problems. Here's another benefit. The church family will help me to fortify my faith. Now the word to fortify means to strengthen, means to develop or reinforce. So that's why God established the church. It helps us to develop God-honoring beliefs and values and perspective and convictions in all of these situations in life. So if you're not part of a church family, how are you going to get these things? See, this is why it says in, in Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Jesus had said to his followers, to teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I give you. And that's exactly what they did. If you're a parent, parents, every single day, your kids are exposed to all kinds of values and beliefs and convictions and perspectives, many of which are not just wrong. They have the potential of altering that person's life. I mean, we're talking about stuff that they get on the internet, stuff that they can get in an educational system that's very secular and humanistic stuff that they can get from TV and friendships and all kinds of areas. So if you and your children don't have a fortified faith, what's your plan as to how these things are going to be addressed? You need a church family to fortify your faith. Another benefit, the fourth, the church family will help me to find my ministry. Now this is what it says in Acts chapter 2. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. In other words, the point is they had generous hearts, okay? Now, today, our service to others will be expressed in a couple of ways. Sometimes it's, it's in our, our work in the world. Other times it's through our ministry in the church. And the organization that God has established to help you to figure out how to most effectively serve God in the world and how to do it in, the, in and through the ministry of the church is his church family, raised up to help you with all of these things. All right, the final benefit that we get is this one, that the church family will help me to fulfill my life mission. Say, what is it? Well, Jesus says in Mark 16, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's what these believers did. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we're going to talk about that as well. So here's a taste then of what we're going to be considering over the next few weeks. Let me close the teaching this morning by um, inviting you to take some action steps. Here's one. Please consider committing to being here online or in person throughout this entire series of the next five weeks. If you're out of town, you're busy doing other things, try to connect with the teaching at a time that's more convenient by going to our website and, and connecting with the service there. We're going to be considering areas that you identified as a congregation in the assessment report 
areas that need attention in the life of our church. So commit to being here. Secondly, in the midst of all of the challenges, all the disappointments, the difficulties that we've had to deal with over the course of the last couple of years, if you're on the bubble today as to whether or not you're even going to stay at City Church, give us six months. Let's prayerfully seek the face of God for City Church and see what he does. I want to suggest to you that a time of transition is not a time to leave. This church has had some wonderful days in its past. But could it be, as we pray and, and work through some issues together, that the best days in the history of the church are, are yet ahead of us? Could that be? So please consider giving us six months. One other action step. In the light of these seven reasons as to why the church is the most important family on the planet today, and these benefits that we get from the church, would you like to consider becoming a member of City Church? If so, we're offering a membership seminar on um, January the 30th. There will be more information that will be coming out in weeks to come about it. We encourage you to give some consideration to that. Friends, the motivation to do all of this is Jesus Christ. He loves the church and he wants us to love it too. And he wants us to express that love by engaging in worship and fellowship and service and discipleship and outreach in a balanced way. My, may God grant that that will be true among us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this church family. We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers. We're all struggling, which is why we need one another. But we come together in this family called City Church that we might learn what you, want to, what you want to accomplish in and through our family. So, Father, help us to realize that this is the greatest privilege of all, that there is no greater privilege than to be part of your family. And so we thank you for it. In the name of the Lord of our church, even Jesus Christ, amen.